our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Caught me drinking. How y'all doing? Y'all doing good? Aren't you excited for Tucker? I'm so excited, man. I ran into him in the back hallway. And um, yeah, man, there's something about choosing him, right? Like it's just a deal. And I, I remember when I did and how much life is different. So I'm excited today. Uh, just good to share a little bit of my, on, that's on my heart today. Jacob did a great job last week. Next week, Matt Allman's up. And we just get to unpack just God's heart and invitation in prayer. And here's what we're praying for, all right? I'm loaded for bear, y'all. Y'all good this morning? Y'all good? I'm loaded, man. I'm excited. So uh, I just got to say, um, our heart is this, um, that, that literally, that is it possible that 2024 could be the most significant growth you've ever had in your prayer life? And if that were true, what would it change? What would it shift? How many of you, uh, like me, when you, when, when you first got started with this thing, you were like, man, Prayer is, is like, it's, it's kind of like getting in shape. It's for the people that get up and they rise and grind and they're really disciplined and they just get stuff done. And you're like, that's great for those people. But A, you know, I got a little midsection and I'm not good at prayer. Like, that's just the way it works. But what I wanna do is I want to, I, I feel like this. I feel like um, all of us need a friend who blank. Let me put it like this. We all need a friend who has a boat and lets us use it. Amen. Right, you don't have to mess with the boat, you don't have to take care of the boat, but you wanna use the boat, you know what I'm saying? We all need some, uh, somebody who, what else? Give me some other ones. Has a, truck. Has a truck, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? You don't wanna be the guy with the truck because then everybody borrows your truck, man. And it's always empty with gas, but that's a whole different deal. We all want a friend who has a pool. Can I get an amen? Anybody, anybody? You're like, I don't wanna take care of it but I kinda wanna swim in it, you know what I'm saying? And so today, here's what I wanna do. Um, I want, as a part of this community, I want you to lean into the fact that you have a friend, and he's standing right in front of you, and I'm just gonna be honest, who really loves prayer. Man, I just love it. And I know that that's a lot of people that are, and, and I, if I'm being honest, not only do I love it, I love to help people fall in love with it. Because I just gotta be honest, man, my, we grew up in the hood and my mom, when she fell in love with Jesus, nobody told her that you can't talk to God and him talk back. And so she just fell madly in love with having a relationship with Jesus. And it has changed our forever. And it, growing up, I would watch her and I'd be like, I don't know, I'm not good at it, I don't get up early, how does this work? And so what I wanna do in this time that we have is I wanna make somewhat of a compelling argument so that you don't just go, man, I know I should and maybe I'll try harder and I'll try to get some stuff, but I would love, I would love, it would mean the world to me if by the end of our time, something inside of you said, man, I wanna to talk to God, man. Like I want, I wanna, I wanna, I want something to woo you in 
to walking with and connecting and praying with God the way you were made. Y'all ready for this journey? You good? Yeah. All right, come on. So here's what I'm gonna do. We're just gonna start, and, and a lot of you know, if you don't know this, is, it's great, depending on your background, but most people know the Lord's Prayer or have heard the Lord's Prayer. So I'm just gonna walk it through and think of it like, you know, uh, between Jacob and Matt, we're just like peeling an onion. You know what I'm saying, donkey? Anybody get the reference? Say. We're just, we're just, we're gonna keep peeling back layers, all right? So it's gonna overlap a little bit. We're just gonna keep peeling, all right? So I'm gonna go back to the beginning and uh, the, the Lord's Prayer starts with our Father who is in heaven. And so I just, I just, again, there's a couple things in this prayer where Jesus is trying to, I think, woo us into understanding a conversation that he's made us for that we have access to that could shift our lives. And I think he's gonna try to do that. So what I wanna start with is right off the bat, Jesus says, our Father. Now, we're used to that. When we open our prayer, we say, Father, that's a normal thing. But I just want you to know, when Jesus hopped on the scene, that wasn't normal. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, God is referred to as Father 15 times in the entire Old Testament. Just in this one teaching on prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, he will refer to God as a father 16 times just in this chat. Jesus wanted to change the way we think about prayer because he wanted to talk to him as a father. Now, why would that matter? Because what you'll find if you spend any time reading scripture and finding out about this God is our God is a very good dad. I mean, he's so good. As a matter of fact, uh, note takers, you're, you're gonna love me. I came up with five Ps. Non-note takers is gonna drive you crazy, but I love you. We'll all hug later. It's gonna be great. But I wanna unpack, I wanna remind you or maybe tell you for the first time the kind of father that is making the invitation to pray, to have a conversation. So, First things first, our Father is very present. Scripture says it like this, um, Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Nothing more annoying than spending time with somebody and then be on their phone the whole time, amen? And you're like, hey, 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 teenager. No, not just you. Parents are the same way. But there's nothing more powerful then the person that you really wanna talk with in the second that you turn to them and speak a word and they, they're just present, they're connected. And I just wanna say our Father is a ever-present God. He's so present, it's ridiculous. He's not just present, he's been present, so not only is he there in the moment, but he's been there in every single moment whether you recognize that he was present or not. He is the only one that is present in the way that he is present. He is so present, it's overwhelming. Second thing is he's a really good provider. Dad's in the room, you know this. It's the glory of a father to give good gifts to your children, isn't it? Like there's nothing better than to feel like as a father that you are being a provider. There's no bigger hole sometimes in your, in your chest when you feel like you can't provide. And I just wanna say our God is such a good provider, man. Like he isn't just a good provider in the sense that he gives us what we need. We know as kids, you don't always, it's not always good for you to get what you need, but he's such a good provider that he always knows exactly what you need and when you need it, and you will never, ever be in need with him. I love the passage it says, uh, Matthew 7, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. He doesn't just provide for what you need. He provides in a way that 
That some of you are like, man, I wish you would show up in this, but he's like, oh, I'm providing, but I'm providing for 10 years from now. I'm providing strength for your family. I'm providing character for your soul. He provides unlike anyone else. Nobody provides like our father. He's a really good protector. Psalm 18 says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. And I just want to say, um, speaking from a guy who has been through some abuse in his life because of just circumstances in life, I just, I just want you to know, I have found God to be a protector, not only of me, not only of my heart, but of my kids and my marriage and my family and my friends. And I've just watched the way he has been. He's such a defending God. I've been in third world countries. I've sat and held children that have been abused since they were two years old in their arms. And I'm just telling you, every time the presence of my father walks in the room, there's protection. There's care, there's defense. That's who he is. Fourth is he's, he's, he's a prophet. What does that mean? Prophet's not a normal word because we think of Old Testament prophet. But a prophet is the kind of father who does kind of two things. Number one, he warns you. He says, hey, there's some stuff going on in your life right now that is seeking to kill you and you need to open up your eyes and pay attention because what's going on in your soul, what's going on in your activity, I'm just telling you, because I love you, even though nobody else will say it, I will be the one to step in and say, this is gonna kill you you gotta stop, man. And he warns, I love that. Proverbs 19, 18 says, discipline your son for that in that there is hope. Don't be a willing party to his death. Our father is really good. When you spend time with him, when you lean into him, you're not gonna just get kumbaya and hugs. Sometimes he's gonna look at you in the eyes and go, hey, listen, you and I both know that what's going on in your life and what you're flirting with right now and what you're giving your soul to is not just a cancer for you, it's a cancer for anyone around you. You don't want it, don't settle. In the same breath, he speaks into our life and doesn't just warn, because we have some people that are always just being negative, that's not him. He, in the same breath that he warns you, he also speaks courage into your chest, and he says things like in Jeremiah 29, 11, this is the one that we want on all the verses, <laughs> on the walls, for I know the plans I have for you. Don't settle, don't spend your energy and your life doing things that are just gonna destroy you because I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and to give you a future. And he's just who he is. And then the fifth, fifth thing is he's a priest. Now, how many of you have a Catholic background? Anybody? Okay. Um, so when we get on our knees, some of you are like, oh, that's great. And some of you are like, oh, I got stuff. So I just... Come with me, right? Okay. So he's a priest. Old Testament priest was someone who would, their job was to come alongside of you and to just teach you. Now have compassion for you. To be like, you'd be like, yeah, but I don't get it. And they're like, yeah, 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 I know. Let me help you. Let me teach you. Let me show you. Let me guide you. you but, but I just did it wrong. I know. So let me just help you. 
They would speak a bunch of different languages. They had all this capacity to just, their job was just, you need to be a really good shepherd. You need to have compassion. You need to care. Psalm 32 says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll advise you, man. I'm not gonna leave you on your own. I'm gonna walk with you. I'm gonna watch over you. I'm gonna speak into you who you really are. I'm gonna whisper in your ear like Luke 3, 22, when Jesus was baptized and the father breaks through the clouds and just says, this is my son whom I love and I'm so pleased with him. We need that priestly presence in our life. And I just wanna say this, we're just getting started, y'all good? (laughs) I just wanna say this. Part of the reason that we don't come to prayer starts off with we don't understand the one we're coming to. If we knew the kind of father, heavenly father, unlike anything we've experienced, if we understood who, he, the, who the one who we speak to really is, it would shift our desire. But I don't think that's the only thing. Let's just keep going, let's just keep going. I'm gonna try to make a case. So, so let's, let's come with it. So our Father, who is in heaven, what's the next line? Hallowed be thy name. I, you're King James people, I like it, I like it. Hallowed, holy, and so I'm gonna say it like this. <coughs> Cough on time. Um, Holiness is a weird concept. Holiness sounds like purity. Purity and holiness are two different things. Purity means it's clean. Holy means it's been set apart for a purpose. Did you know that? So for example, this cup has some really hot tea in it because like some of you, I got sick over Christmas break and was in bed for a week. Anybody? It's like I was eight years old. I'm like, what are we doing? And so it's just taking me some time. Can you hear it a little bit? Now you're like, oh, that is a little bit. I'm sorry. But you know, the body is weak, but the mind is strong, y'all. So so this cup is, let's just say, if, if this is a holy cup, then I would ask you what needs to happen to the cup for, in order for it to be holy. Most people would say, well, then make sure it's clean. Make sure that no, you know, none of your grubby paws get on it, no germs. But the problem is that's what purity means. That's just not what holiness means. Holiness means something has been set apart for a purpose. The only way for this to be holy is this is Matt's cup with something of Desperate need inside of it needs to go into my body to help me. This has a unique and specific purpose, and only when I drink it, which I, which I actually needed, that's the only time it becomes holy. What do I mean by that? God is uniquely holy. There is no There is no other cup, there is no other nourishment, there's nothing like him that you can find anywhere that is as holy, as specific to be God and to operate like God, like him. He is unique and holy. You cannot pray, let me put it like this. You cannot pray, you can't have enough amulets, you can't go to enough horoscopes. There is nothing you will ever seek in your life, a good counselor, I'm really sorry, Sam. Nothing you go to can do what God alone can do, he's holy. But not only that, holy is your name. We're gonna keep doing this, okay? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Next line is? Your kingdom come, thy kingdom come. And so, uh, I love this, last week Jacob talked about the kingdom. He said, man, we gotta give up our kingdom. And everybody's like, yeah, we need to give up our kingdom so we can pursue God's kingdom. But here's my question, what's that mean? 
Because, for instance, Jesus talked, I don't know if you knew this, Jesus talked about the number one topic Jesus talked about in, the, in this entire ministry was the kingdom of God. He talked about the kingdom of God more than grace, more than, literally, more than any other topic. He talked about the kingdom of God. The only thing he talked about after the resurrection, for 40 days when he was on the earth, it says Jesus went around and preached about the kingdom of God. So here's the question. A lot of us, when it comes to prayer, we're like, yeah, 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 we, 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 don't, we want your kingdom, but we don't, I've got to be honest, but we don't really know what that means sometimes. And so let me just give you a little scripture of if, Jesus, if we're going to live in Jesus' kingdom, what does that mean? So 1 Corinthians 4.20 says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of what? Power. And all of a sudden, you go, oh, so wait. So my kingdom, when I build my kingdom, here's what I know, like I tr- that I've, I've recognized, I've come to, it doesn't matter how long you've been in life, at some point I recognize I don't have the power to change my kid, make my boss somebody that I respect. I have the power to shape my husband. I don't have the power to change my wife. I don't have the power. Come to find out there's a lot of things we don't have power for. And God just says, hey, listen, I need you to know that when you come to me, I bring the kingdom. And he has power. He doesn't just talk. When he steps in a room, when we speak to him, things change. As a matter of fact, they don't just change. Hebrews 12, 28 says this, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be, what? Shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence of all. And he says, listen, uh, most of you have recognized that with your kingdom, it's like, it's like it's, it's this crazy thing. It's like your life can be going great and the kids are great and marriage is great and work is great and you're like, man, this is great. And then one seismic thing comes in your life. Something that brings up a root from your past. Some, op, some, some business deal goes sideways. You find out that your husband or the person you're dating or the thing that was going on was not really what you thought. And all of a sudden, what you thought was rock solid is now what? Man, now you're shaking. God, where are you? What does it look like? And he says, listen, man, not only am I a good dad, but when I bring the kingdom, I bring what is unshakable. What I want to do in your life is not something that can be torn down. Revelation says it like this. He says, to him who holds the keys of David, who opens doors that no man shuts and closes doors that no man opens. He says, listen, when I make, when I speak a word from the throne room of heaven, it's not up for debate. It's done. And everything else has to align to it. And the kingdom of God is unshakable. But then I love this. Matthew 18, 3 says this. But unless you become like little children, you'll never enter it. He says, so there's a lot of people that are going to be walking around. And this was happening at this time where you got to pray like this. And you got to be loud. And you got to say these words. And, and if you say your prayer a little louder. And if you do your song and dance, then God's going to answer. And he's going to say, here's what's going to drive those people crazy is my kingdom so simple that it's gonna be offensive to them. Because I don't need your song and dance. The kingdom that I bring is just gonna go right to your heart and say, no, 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 I'm your dad, talk to me normal. What do you need? Where are you at? Why has it been so long? And you're like, 
well, I don't have special words. Great, because I don't need special words either. And you're like, I'm just, I'm just lonely. Tell me more. Well, I'm kind of afraid, and I don't know what's going on at work, and I don't know how to change my wife, and my kid's kind of here. And I, It's like, yeah, those kinds of prayers, they're so simple, right? But in the kingdom of God, they're the ones that are going to get power. John 3, 5 says this. It says, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and spirit. And he says, listen, um, some of you think, you know, that when I pray, you know, that, that every, everything in prayer is about really changing and healing. And, and, and he just says, hey, listen, and so then you're bound up on when things don't happen the way they happen. And some people think it's only supernatural and, and I've got this darkness in my life. And, I need to get, and, and God just says, hey, listen, I need you to know whatever you're coming to, whether you have, whether you have a sickness and you have some overwhelming things in your body and in your physical circumstances and relationships, or that there's something really dark supernaturally, it's an addiction you can't beat, it's a darkness you don't understand, and you just feel paralyzed. He says, I just need you to know my kingdom covers both. And when, again, when, I, when, when he speaks a word from the throne room, it's done. That's my father's kingdom. Goes on, right? Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Next line. Your will be done. And you're like, okay, this is where it all falls apart. Why? Because anybody know God's will for them the next five years? Raise your hand. Anybody know it? Who has had a question of God's will for their life and honestly, you just don't know? Can I get a witness? Literally, in the last, you know, gosh, 25 years as a pastor, anybody want to guess what the number one question asked is? What's God's will for my life? Age determines the question, right? So if they're in high school, they're like, uh, the, you know, they're like, hey, should I be dating or not? I'm like, oh, I like you. I like you. That's a good question. Should I be dating this person? Then at the end of high school, they start going, okay, um, I got a really big decision to make. I need to know where to go to college. Is God, God want me here? God want me there. I'm gonna pray, you know, I'm gonna throw out the fleas. God, left to right, left to right. As soon as they get into college, they're like, okay, God, I got a really big decision. What's my major? What am I supposed to do with my life? How am I supposed to know that at 18 years old? So they pray and they stress and they pick a major and then sophomore year they come back and they're like, okay, for real this time though, I really wanna pick a major, right? Because that didn't work, man, and that's not who I am. And then they get to the end of college and they're like, hey, God, okay, I'm, I have agreed, I'm not even sure that that's what I wanna do, so what is, what's your will for your life? What job do you want me in? That's where pray, parents come in to pray and they're like, yes, because they need to not live in my basement. God, yes, we need to answer this prayer. And now the, you know, and so then, then it's, you know, after a job, then it's, you know, is this the girl? Is she the one to marry? Is he the one to marry? And, and are we supposed to have kids? And where are our supposed, kids supposed to go to school? Because any good parent has to know God's will because if you pick the wrong school, you're a terrible parent. And then all of a sudden you're, 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 you're moving through life and you're, you're like, man, am I supposed to make a job change? And what do I do with my aging parents? And, and man, how much should I be setting away for retirement? What role should my kids play in my grandkids' lives? And everything in between. And I just to be honest, our questions, right, our questions paint a picture. And here's what that picture is, that God somehow has our lives already mapped out, right, there's birth, 
And there's the grave, and he just has this predetermined path for your life, and that's what his will is. So all you gotta do is just follow the map exactly the way he's designed it, and so you just need to take a left when he says take a left, and take a right when he says take a right, and you need to stop when he says stop, and you need to go when he says go, and you're like, on here, you're like, okay, I've got some hopes on this, like I got a hope that on your map for me, I have like that 2.2 kids, like I don't know how you're gonna pull it off, but you're God, you'll do it. And God, I want a friend, you know, I want a great wife, and I want obedient kids, like, did you catch that part? Like obedient kids, and he a friend with a truck, and a friend with a boat, you know what I'm saying, like, and you're like, man, I, I hope that your will for me is something that I would want. And by the way, God, I really hope there's some stuff that we avoid along the way, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to give my heart to somebody and then I have to walk, watch them walk away. I don't have to give my life to a job and then find out that I've given my life to something that will never last. I don't want to watch my kids go through sickness. I don't want to watch their hearts be broken. I don't want to watch them walk away from the faith. God, are there some, on your map, I got some stuff to avoid. I don't want heartache. I don't want loss. On top of that, you're like, Anybody, you start, you start recognizing, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think I took a left when I was supposed to take a left. Like I zigged when I was supposed to zag. I'm not even sure I'm on the map, right? So here's my question. Doesn't it just feel like things would go a lot, like if God's will is so important, why do we not know what it is? Anybody? And if it's like at the core of prayer, like if, that's, if, if, we, if we're supposed to long for your will, and if that's gonna woo me into a good father who has the kingdom, and, and all I have to do is pray for your will, then can any of us win at that? So I do wanna introduce you to a word. The word is thelema. Thelema is, every time you see God's will, the word will is the Greek word thelema. Thelema is a really rich word. Thelema is something that's got a lot of, it's, it's got a, um, a rich like legacy and heritage to it. And so um, God's will, 64 times in the New Testament this is used. It's packed in a bunch of scriptures. Let me give you a couple of them. Uh, you just, you, we just said one of them, Matthew 6, 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as heaven. He says, whatever this will is, it's so good, fam that this is what's happening in heaven. Like anything you dream of in heaven, we want whatever's going on there, we want it to happen here. Uh, John 4.34 says, my food, says Jesus, or what satisfies me, the disciples get back, and, they, and he was hungry, and then they left to go get him the food, and they came back, and he was like, no, I'm good. And they're like, what do you mean you're good? And he's like, well, man, my food is to do the will of one, the one who sent me and to finish his work. He says, man, God's will is so satisfying just fills you, it's just, it's just like drinking and eating and just you're full. Matthew 12, 50 says, Forever, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. He says, when you're tied into God's will, like you're just, your family, man. When you understand, when you're walking in that will, we're together, it's me and you. Matthew 7, 21 says, and by the way, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. He says, listen, actually knowing and doing this will has weight. And it's something to really seriously consider. Paul, well, um, 
Yeah, Paul says in Ephesians 5.17, therefore, that's true, then don't be foolish, but you have to understand what God's will is. Which for most of us, we're like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying, but come on, man. John says, one of Jesus' closest friends, 1 John 2.17 says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the, of God lives forever. 1 John 5.14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything, back to prayer, like this is the confidence, like when we come into our Father who has all of the kingdom, when we step in, here's the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his, he hears us. So I don't know if you're picking up what I'm picking up. But will seems mission critical in this piece, doesn't it? Like if I know the Father and I know what he brings, but I'm stuck on, but I don't know what you're doing, then how can we ever figure this out? If it's a map, and it's always these decisions that I can't really know, let me put it this way. Surely, everything you just heard about the kingdom and about God's will can't come down to a couple lefts and rights, right? So here's what's beautiful. I love this. Thelema doesn't mean map. Thelema is this Greek word. As a matter of fact, uh, it, it literally, if you do the study on it, it's like the beating of a heart. That's why they used it. And thelema is used that way because think of it like this. In the, uh, when somebody writes a will, it's their last will and testimony, right? And so a will is, we think, the list that needs to get done, but it's because we're pragmatic. But what a will is trying to do is it's going back to the person before they died and saying, we want to write down everything that was on your heart because we just want to do what was on your heart. We want to know what was on your chest. We want to know how you felt and how you saw things and what that, those things looked like. And if we could just know your heart, then we will do what was on your heart. Come to find out God's will doesn't mean God's map. God's will means God's heart. Now, if you came up to me literally right after today and you said, hey, Matt, could really use your pastoral advice. Could you tell me what God's will for me is in the next five years? I got nothing in terms of a map. But brother, sister, you want to know what I'm confident in? His heart for you is not complicated. I know his heart for you. You want to hear what God's heart for you is? I, I'll, I'll, I'll be very clear with what God's heart for you is. God's heart is that he wants, you, he wants to know you. He wants to walk with you. He doesn't want you in shame. He doesn't want you in isolation. He doesn't want you in bondage. He wants you free. He doesn't want you living out of your own resources. He wants to give you his. He doesn't want you trying to set up all these boundaries and barriers because you just got to figure out life on your own. He wants to do that with you. He wants to do that for you. He wants to lead you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to fill you by his spirit. He wants to use you so that when you wake up every day, you know with breath of my lungs, I know why I'm here. Oh, his heart for you is not a mystery. It's bigger than you know. That's his will. So question. We have this unbelievable father 
And he holds in his hand the kingdom of God. The unshakable, powerful, supernatural, physical keys to every door. And if he has a heart for us, half of what I just described, then how important is this next line? The next line we can overlook because we don't live in India on the streets begging for bread. But the next line is, give us this day, what? God, I know the Father you are. And I know what you bring. And I'm now becoming aware of your heart that is not clouded and not a mystery. I need you today. I need you today because I don't know how to get to tomorrow. I don't know how to change my mind. I don't know what I'm going home to. I don't know why I feel so numb. I don't know why I'm so distant. I don't know why the kids are here. I don't know, I, I literally, God, I need you today, maybe it's just me. Like I need food, like I need water. God, I need you because, man, I am not turning out to be the person I thought I'd be on my own. And God, I just, man, I want to be better for my family. I want to be better for my kids. I want to be the kind of person that's used by you and filled by you. And I don't want to walk in all this anxiety. And I don't want to just be overtaken by temptations. Like, God, I need you. I need you to show up in my kids' lives right now because this one's starting to walk away. And this one, I can't figure out where they're going. And this one is just like in their own little world and on their screen. And I just, God, I don't know what to do. And my family is fighting and everything seems like chaos and I'm not doing the job that I love and I'm just telling you, God, I need, I need a father right now and I need the power of the kingdom and I need your big heart and I need it today, man. I need it today. Would you come today? Now, like not next year, not once every six months, like I need you today. Here's the good news. There is not a morning, there's not an afternoon, there's not a 2 a.m. I'm waking up and I'm freaking out where you are not going to find the present, patient, providing, priestly, prophetic father with the kingdom of God at his disposal in a heart for you bigger than you have for you. Every day, every moment, he's there. If that doesn't lead you to just sometimes roll out of your bed and just fall on your knees and say, God, man, I need you, man. When you're downstairs and you're in front of the coffee machine and it's about to go off and you're just thinking through your day. If you just aren't magnetically pulled to the carpet right there when nobody else is around and just put your face on and just be like, man, I need my dad today, man. I need your power. I need your might. I need your strength. I cannot be the man. I cannot be the woman. I cannot be the father. I cannot be the leader. I cannot be the person you want me to do without you. I need you. You want to know what's changed my life? He meets me every day.
every day. Every day. And he shows up with more than I deserve. He's changed things I thought were unchangeable. And you have that same opportunity. So as a friend, part of the family that has found a magnetic pull to my knees, I invite you to do the same. So what we're doing in this series is we're just giving you an opportunity to do what we talked about. Not to wait, not to sit around, but to just say, okay, if that's true, that God, I want to meet you on my knees now. I want to ask you now. I don't want to wait. So the next few moments, we're just going to invite you to your knees. Now listen, some of you, because of your physical ailments, please don't get on your knees. Something's going to break. Right? Because you don't think just the posture. Postures matter. And I'm just going to tell you, if you start getting on your knees at home, I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. Because you can't do the posture without mentally going, oh, I know why I'm on my knees. But for some of you right now, you can't get on your knees, so find a posture. Lean in. Get your hands out. Get a posture as you sit there that will convey to your body what your heart longs for, and that is, I need you today. These next few moments, we're just going to give you an opportunity. We gave you some kneelers. But if you need him, if you need a great big old dad who has power that you don't understand but you need, and if you want to experience his heart for you, why don't you get on your knees and meet him right now?